Hello everyone, it's John, and welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Popcorn. My friend Jack stops in today to discuss Rapid Fire, this super fun and energetic flick that shouldn't be missed. Early 90s martial arts action, a genre that for some time forgot. Starring the late Brandon Lee, son of none other than Bruce Lee. This movie has got all the best tropes you could ask for. Amazing choreographed fight sequences, brooding detectives with their foul tempers and heavy smoking, obligatory lovemaking scene, cheesy pop anthems, and snappy one-liners. This is indeed a movie that hits all the marks. But before we get started, please find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at BSP Film Podcast. If you like this episode, please give us a rating. Recommend us to your fellow podcasting people. It'll help us out immensely. But let's get right to it. Get off your motorcycle, lace up your bowling shoes, and prepare for some good old martial arts joint-locking, heel-kicking fun as we run headfirst into rapid fire. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. They caught a shark. Not the shark. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. We're tonight's entertainment. Get some serious gourmet. Shoot! I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I you. You're gonna do something or just stand there and bleed. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Here's Johnny! Alright, so, welcome back everybody. Today we have Rapid Fire on the table. Rapid Fire, what is Rapid Fire? Well, we're going to talk about it. I have my uh, good buddy Jack here. Jack, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey man, how's it going? Uh, Thanks for having me. Um, Of course. I am excited to be here. I love this movie very, very much. I own this movie on Blu-ray. That's how much I love this movie. And I've seen it so many times. Uh, As a kid... (laughs) Uh, I studied and taught martial arts from the time I was 10 until I was 25, and I studied Jeet Kune Do, which is the style uh, sort of that Bruce Lee invented without going too much into details. Martial arts purists here hate me for saying that, but... Um, and his son, Brandon, obviously studied, and uh, I wa- have watched every 90s martial arts movie that ever existed, because that's what I did with my youth, mm-hmm. uh, and this is one of my favorites, um, and I'm just happy to talk about it. I love Brandon Lee so much that if... My child had been a boy instead of a girl. I, his name would have been Brandon. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's wow. Not even a joke. It says a lot about Brandon Lee. I love this movie. Brandon Lee, if you don't know, for anybody who doesn't know the history, uh, died filming the movie The Crow. Mm-hmm. He did. Uh, out of I think he was twenty six or twenty seven. He was. He was born in sixty five. So. Oh, so he might have been early thirties. Close ninety. It was ninety. Late late twenties. So it was like late late twenty eight twenty nine when he there you go actually perished. Yeah, due to uh, the the gun coordinator in the movie doing a, a trash job. Yeah, um, yeah, that's no good. No good. No good. So he died of a gunshot wound on the set of The Crow, and uh, they went on to finish that movie with a stunt double and some other stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, he was an incredibly talented actor, incredible charisma, um, and this movie sh- is a very early one. He actually did, uh, I think, Showdown in Little Tokyo right before this, I think with so Dolph too. Lundgren, yeah, uh, which is sort of where people got to know him. But I think he got to start doing a movie called Laser Mission, which is like a schlocky Hong Kong deal. 
back in the day. I've heard of that movie. Yeah, yeah. That was, I think was his very it, first movie. That's a deep cut. It's garbage. I think uh, there's somebody very famous in it. It might be Marlon Brando. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but there's somebody very famous in that movie. Um, and this is the one that kind of shot him to stardom. I think they filmed it on a $10 million budget. It ended up making more than that. So they considered it a success. The laser Mission, as, a, as an aside, had Ernest Orgnine. That's who. Thank you. And that Ernest came out. Orgnine. That was 1989. Mm-hmm. And uh, from what I'm reading about it, it was not a favorable, favorably reviewed <clears throat> film. No. Well, here's the interesting history of that. So Brandon studied um, uh, acting uh, at an early age, but gave up martial arts at an early age. So he mm-hmm. Bruce started teaching him from the second. Before he could even walk, he was learning martial arts, but he gave it up. Uh, and when he started acting, he didn't want to do martial arts films because he didn't want to make his living on his dad, you know, as a young 20 year old yeah. man would. Uh, so laser mission is, is virtually like an action thriller. It doesn't have any real martial arts in it at all. And after that movie came out, people were like, listen, kid, we could tell you can act, but if you want to make money in Hollywood, you're going to have to kick people in the face. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Ride your legacy. You're man. just going to have to bro. And yeah. he was smart and he was like, okay. So he went and learned Jeet Kune Do again in his early 20s for four years straight studied Jeet Kune Do, Muay Thai, um, Wing Chun, Kung Fu from a guy named uh, Dan Inosanto who was one of the students that uh, Bruce originally taught in San Francisco mm-hmm. and then later on from a guy named Jeff Amata who will be very familiar to film fans because he has been the stunt coordinator or a stunt actor on every action movie that has existed in the past 20 years and by every I mean there's literally the guy's IMDb is 100 movies. Uh, the Bourne movies, uh, every action movie that existed in the 90s. He's been very busy. Very busy dude. Uh, and an excellent martial artist. And he, Brandon trained a lot with him as well. And um, what you see in this movie is some excellent fight choreography um, and some really great skills on display from a guy who is a natural martial artist and only picked it up again real recently uh, to Prior where they to... filmed this movie. Yeah. And, look, you know, well, let's, you know, I definitely want to touch on all these hot points about his martial arts skills because those are punctuated throughout the film. Um, but let's, let's kind of break apart this movie a little bit. We start off, and the opening credits is very this slow motion, you know, very – it's a very interesting way to open up a, a film. Sure. How do you think they filmed that? Like, did they just use different uh, – did they just cut the different frames together? Or? It was weird. It's like, it's like did they – I think they filmed it, and the, they slowed the frame rate down mm-hmm. and to have this that fluid uh, – uh, um, slow motion effect happen. It could have it could have been a, a an effect in post production, but I don't think I think yeah, it was, I don't I think, think, so I think it was more shot a certain way. And it's just him doing martial arts, just punching people in the face. Yeah, he's going through like his 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 regimen yeah. in, in a way. Um, but then, you know, we get away from him for a bit and we go to oh what was that? What country are they in? Thailand, I think. Thailand and we see our uh, our two main antagonists. We see the uh, the 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 mafia guy you know, and he, he, him and his, his entourage arrive on boat to see their uh, their uh, distributor, if you will, of heroin. Um, oh, what's that guy's name? Anthony Serrano. Yeah. Played by Nick Mancuso, who's been in a bunch of stuff. And it's kind of weird, because he, he does it well, but it's kind of not his forte. And, and I think his, his body of work doesn't really lend itself to mafia movies. No, but he played the bad guy in a bunch of stuff. He, uh, so he was definitely typecast, and he, for sure. rightfully so. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The uh, their host, who's actually the the main the main main bad guy of the film, they had they put on this little display of Bo Staff fighting, 
and then uh, with he, sticks. It's very important. They're fighting with bow staffs in a circle. It's like almost something out of Mortal Kombat. It you is. Know? It's very much like a ritualized combat, and so like Serrano kind of like, <clears throat> you know, he the he's trying to lean on the guy, the Asian dude in in Thailand who's his distributor, and the guy's like, I'm as big as you now. Fuck, like fuck yourself. Yeah. And then like goes out in the circle and beats a dude to, to death with a stick. To and be like, hey, I'll beat you to death with a stick too, fucker. <laughs> yeah, he's, t- he's totally flexing on him, and he yeah. and he repeats that Sicilian pr- uh, proverb, and which translates to "Don't ask for what you can't take." Yeah, dude. And uh, good stuff. It was great. And then, well, you know, and then we uh, this whole movie. It's granted is nineteen ninety two, but you can tell it, it looked like it was written in spec in, in the eighties. It sure was, and it and it was. Uh, I can't remember. Um, if it originally came from a novel, um, but it, it was absolutely like very much a, a vehicle, a, a typical '80s, late '80s action movie vehicle for somebody, and it just happened to come out in the '90s and it happened to star Brandon Lee. So we meet our hero, and, and we see some quick snippets of, the, of his backstory of how his father, uh, a military officer, and his sister were killed at during the 1989 Tiananmen Square protests, um, which is sort of the, sort of how they introduce the like half Asian part of him without like saying anything. Yeah. They it's say kind it, of smart actually. It's very, impl- it's more implied. Yeah. You kind of, just, yeah. you can piece it together and uh, he's an art student. We see him in an art class and he's uh, you know, in your, in your typical eighties vehicle action movie fashion, there's the, the, the obligatory breasts right away. They got it. You got to have those in the movie. Titties right off the jump. Check that box. Yep. We got it. Love and, it. And uh, in the first literally like 10 minutes of the movie, you see a man beaten to death with a large stick and, Breasts. So you've, you've crossed so many boxes already off. It's just great. And, well, before he even gets to class, he has uh, the, the um, what's that guy, the uh, protest leader. He's like trying to goad him into helping him out and showing, coming out and showing support because he knows that Jake Lowe, who is Brandon Lee's character, has history with Tiananmen Square, history with you know their nationality and their, and their, their crisis. And uh, he's just really not interested. He wants to be an art student. He wants to kind of lay low, do right. his deal. But this nude model, he scores a date with, you know. Yeah, pretty blonde, and of course he has to draw a picture of her with like a fucking dragon because yeah. he's Asian. It's just, it's you very, know. it's very, it's very. Uh, God, what's the expression? I don't know, how would you describe that? It's almost like stereotypical, <laughs> super stereotypical, and it's like, of course. Um, yeah, but but he's very charming right off the jump, right? Like he's a oh, handsome yeah. guy, he's smiling. He gives her the the picture, wins her over. He's like, just like very much off the jump. You're like, oh, I got, this guy's got charisma. I like that line when he when she leaves the studio and he's like, oh, what'd she say? What'd she say? I look, I'll look better with clothes on or something. And he's don't, like, don't, don't, don't yeah. bet. <laughs> Doubt it or some shit. I don't remember what he says, but yeah. Um, wouldn't bet on it. That's w- what he wouldn't says. Wouldn't bet on it, yeah. yeah. Um, and we we keep getting these flashbacks, though. Um, his dad's, uh, what, a Medal of Honor recipient? Mm-hmm. Martial arts instructor. Yeah. Of course he is. And, of course, right. And, uh, and you can tell that Jake Lowe has this big chip on his shoulder. His dad's got a great legacy, but Jake doesn't want all that. He doesn't want all that on his plate. He wants to kind of just do his do what he's doing. He, he gets the, the nude girl, the nude art class girl, invites him to this party. But lo and behold, it was all subterfuge. And uh, it's really this um, – our little protest guy kind of traps him. It's like, oh, you made it to our – our soiree where we're going to like try to raise funds to uh, help out our, our initiative and our mission. But then the, the action scenes start rolling out because upstairs is this big showdown with Serrano 
and his goons and the uh, the guy uh, he can lean on, the yes. Asian guy in the country that's not going to beat him to death with a stick, right? Because he's back in they're he back in where San Francisco is where this takes place. They're in L.A. or L.A. Okay, they're in L.A. Right. and and they you know oh they totally bully him, and then they they blow him away, and Jake Lowe sees it, um, he, he's witness to it, and so all the uh, Asian gangsters in the little party start shooting up the mafia Italian gangsters in the party and and then it's just a bunch of cool little punctuated fight scenes and we have Jake who gets on his motorcycle they block him in so he jumps right back through goes through the building on his motorcycle and it's two things about this scene well let me let me hit you on a couple of things that I really enjoy about this let's hear it so uh there's it immediately like Serrano, like, what, kills a guy, and Jake sees him, and that's yeah. what what's what they're all mad about and why they're trying that's to That's the impetus him. and why he, he's hunting down Jake. For sure. And it's the first time you see his martial arts ability. And this is, mm-hmm. right off the jump, pure Wing Chun and Jeet Kune Do. It is hard-hitting. It is offbeat with broken rhythm. It is it's, it's fun to watch. And it's not the kind of martial arts that you saw at the time. Uh, and not only that, but... Brandon and Jeff work in some really cool stuff right away too, like uh, where he heel kicks the dude in the face from behind when he yeah. has him in the headlock. Yeah. Uh, and does sort of like a, a kick off of, uh, does like a backflip kick and does, does all kinds of wild shit while also shooting guns. They never explain how he's like shooting guns at the same time. Maybe his, his dad in the military taught him how to shoot, I don't know. But there's a good scene in that same, <clears throat> in that same uh, uh, scene where he kind of like runs and kind of skips and like kicks a table up on the guy. That, that was a pretty sweet move. Yeah, for sure. And I'd right be... away, you're like, this is great. Yeah, he like <laughs> slides on the floor, kicks a table up and, and into a dude's face, and then does a kip up, and then kicks another dude. And mm-hmm. you're just like, wow. Brandon. And then they, so eventually, like, you know, he gets on his motorcycle, and he crashes. I like the one scene where he's got the, he crashes with the guy through the sculpting or through the glass table. I'm glad you brought that up, because that is a direct callback to a Jackie Chan movie. I think he does that same thing. In either Police Story or Armor of God, I don't remember, but he does the exact same stunt. And Brandon was a huge Jackie Jeff fan, Chan fan, and as was Jeff Amata. So they they tried to. There's another scene later on that I'll mention it, which is also a callback to Jackie Chan. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of callbacks, after after he gets hemmed up, after Jake gets hemmed up by the cops, they have him in, in the interrogation room. Of course, Mr. Art Major dude, he's sketching almost a perfect sketch of uh, of um, Serrano's. Face and the FBI is all the alarms going off. Oh man, we got a witness. We have a start witness to this this whole mission we have to capture um, this top mafia dude. But the FBI, they're kind of a bunch of dicks, though. They're, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're kind of a bunch of jackasses. It's like bad cop and bad cop. Yeah, they they don't really get, give Jake a break up at anything. It's like they don't try to butter him up and coax him. They're like, hey, you're gonna do this because we said so. And and. Oh, they're strong arming him, and they don't really need to. But because Jake's very resistant at the same time, like I don't want any part of your I'm bullshit. Going home. I'm not trying to. Like... Here's your fucking sketch. Yeah, that's I it. said he was. That was there. Let me go. Great, more cops. We're FBI. I'm Special Agent Wesley. Cops in suits. There are seven bodies in the morgue. Thirteen in the hospital. You want to take a look at the mug books? Help us out. You know what I think? Maybe this is the guy that did it. The guy that did it needed a gun. Put that thing down. Hey, hey, take it easy. Oh, Frank. <clears throat> now look in the goddamn books. He's not in the books. What makes you so sure? Look. Look! Serrano. 
That's who shot Chang? Friend of yours? This is our break. How about giving Jake some space? In 48 hours, the grand jury shuts down a three-year investigation into the Chicago branch of La Cosa Nostra, of which Antonio Serrano is the boss. Great. Keep the picture. Serrano must have taken this awful personal. I'll bet he hasn't pulled the trigger himself in 15 years. That's right. And you, my friend, were there to see it. You are a prize witness. Look, all I wanted to do was clear myself. If I'm not under arrest, then I'm going home. You'll be Set. under 24-hour FBI protection. Weekend in Chicago, first-class air, hotel. Class no air. way! You cooperate or I'll bury your ass in charges you can't even spell. What charges? How about assault and battery, obstruction of justice, manslaughter? What judge is going to buy that? My judge. That's blackmail. That is law enforcement. But no, they so they send his ass to uh, Chicago, but like, they're basically blackmailing him. I forget what they say. What were they doing? Um, they The guy says, uh, they tell him that they're going to hem him up with a judge, basically, and, and do all kinds of shit. And he's like, what judge is going to believe that? And the FBI guy's like, my judge. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <clears throat> and finally, like, there is an agent who comes in. I forget. Uh, I think he's Agent Stewart is the uh, the name of the character who finally, like, comes in. He's like, all right, guys, give him a break, and I'm going to take him into protective custody, and mm-hmm. it's all going to work out, whatever. Um, which is – so the, then this is – Still, I think, in L.A., but it seems like the next scene is, like, shot in downtown Baltimore or Chicago or something because the, the, the safety house they take him to is just, like, the most rundown, squalid like, oh, neighborhood that, in the middle it, of nowhere. It is in Chicago. Okay, So, there so they, they plane him to Chicago. That's and, it. And, yeah. and uh, they hold him up there. Who is it? Me, Daniels. Anderson, this is Jake. Jake. And this is Klein. Jake. Welcome aboard. Well, it was a lousy flight. Great hotel, though. Glass of water? So. Jack, I'm hungry. We could send out a Chinese if you like. <laughs> Eight hours alone with you guys? Can I stand the excitement? I'm gonna see if there's a game on. So who else is testifying against this guy? Nobody's gonna testify against Serrano. Especially you, Jake. And uh, and I, what I didn't understand was what's the the, the Agent that was with him was good, and the agents that were already in the safe house assassinated the other, the, the first agent guy, and they try to attack him. And I love that scene, dude. Him and he's so great, dude. That scene when he's fighting off both of them at the same time, because they're both inept and they're kind of like not sure what to do with the situation, because they're not used to a guy fighting want, back. They have guns. Not only fighting back, but fighting back very well. Um, he tries to escape through the window. He, he like like tries to kick through the 
through the, the grate of the gate that's blocking, barring up the window. He ends up throwing the guy through it instead anyway. His shirt's off. It's all like, kind of like erotical, erotic, erotica. A little like bit. They're, they're definitely and, showing off the fact that he is a handsome. Yeah, he's, he's very, he's in really great shape. Um, that whole scene was great, dude. The, the way he slammed the refrigerator into the guy's face running by, and he kept yeah. kicking the door into the dude's face and broke his nose. Like, just these two agents have handguns, and they just nothing they can do. They're, no. Like, their total exasperation in the whole scene is just fantastic. And his total, like, he's terrified. He's very much, like, not going at this like Schwarzenegger would. You know what I mean? Like right. He's very aware these guys have guns, and he's just doing everything he can to escape and keep them off him. And it is a very well done fight scene. And it. they shoot through the closet thinking he's hiding, what he's hiding in there, but yeah. thinking they're going to snag him with the bullets at like normal, at, at base level range. And no, it's just it's just a cool little scene how he's able to definitely escape. Yeah. And so, uh, not a plot hole, but a question I had about this scene was, why would they bring him all the way to Chicago just to try to kill him there where they could have had people in place in L.A.? I get it, maybe... To get away from the feds, maybe, I guess. Maybe, I mean... I don't know. It's something I just picked up. Like, that's kind of, like, more work for the bad guys. Yeah. It seems, but, you know. That's eh, true. I let it go. I, I'm not going to wrap my head around it too much. Well, that um, scene ends with Jake getting rescued by one of the uh, the cops in town mm-hmm. who uh, works for this detective named Mace Ryan, which is, like, just the best detective name Oh, Powers Booth. Work. Who's Powers Booth, right. Did I you guess. see the people that were considered for that um, before Powers Booth? A lot of people. <clears throat> I mean, it was a laundry list like of the Hollywood. Robert Redford, I think, maybe? De Niro, Bridges, Kevin Costner, Michael Douglas, Harrison Ford, Richard Gere, Jeff Goldblum, Don Johnson, Michael Keaton, Al Pacino, Christopher Lambert, interesting, uh, Val Kilmer, Alan Rickman, Kurt Russell, Tom Selleck. They were all considered for the role of Mace Ryan. And it went to Powers fucking Booth, who, fucking who just nails it. this, just chews on every scene he's in. Just like, totally the grizzled, like, I'm fucking two weeks away from retirement, getting too old for this shit, fucking, this hard-boiled, just detective. And it's so great. Every scene he's in is amazing. South, Chang, to Serrano. Round the horn. Only last night somebody took Chang out of the game. What does that tell you? Eliminate the middleman. Somebody's going into business for themselves. Something's coming down. I don't know what. Something. My guy at the airport just called. Well, Detective Withers, my intelligence officer. Lay some intelligence on me, will you? Used to be on top of things, Lieutenant. Yeah, what have you got? A witness. And he's right here in Chicago. Who, what, and where? Some kid just flew in from L.A. Who's got him? The feds. Get off your asses, Ferris. Pull these guys together. Move it. Go get yourself a bag of donuts. So when he, he gets into a car and they're chasing him shortly after this scene. And there's another cliche, the whole, get your head down. As soon as the character puts their head down, the whack back windshield blows out. Right, right, right. Who was in that scene? I think it was Brandon Lee and was it... No, it's when he meets Power Power Booth's character. Right. Outside, like in like the alley. Well, so the FBI agents, basically the the, right? the the good guy from LA that had put him in that safe house, like Jake calls him and he basically tries to, to hook back up with that guy because he thinks he can trust him. But Mace Ryan like somehow has the phone tapped and, and knows where Jake's gonna meet this guy. So right. they meet up in like this dark alley somewhere and the FBI guy's trying to coax Jake into the car. 
And then Mace Ryan shows up and he's like, don't get in the car, kid. You know, come with me. That guy's going to kill you. And he's like torn trying to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And then there's this fucking great car chase scene with shotguns and all kinds of wild shit. Yeah, they're basically setting up to assassinate him. Um, Because they have those guys up on the rooftop um, ready to pick him off. Mm Mm-hmm. But um, isn't it great that there's it's not your typical like three act and there's an action beat every three acts. There's an action beat like every five minutes in this movie. There's exposition and then there's action. Name's Ryan, Lieutenant Mace Ryan. Jake Lowe. So tell me, Jake, are you having a bad day or what? I mean, at the end of the day, like if, if that's what you're looking for in a martial arts film, this this film delivers just that. For sure. Like I'm not here to see like full full character arcs. I'm here to see guys getting kicked in the fucking face. That's right. I want to see people getting shot with machine guns, and I want people <laughs> to get kicked in the face and hit with sticks, and that's what I want. And it's here. It's great. And I like this is a little bit about the the whole how the mob is presented in this film. Uh, Serrano's character and his goons are like they're always at the same restaurant table. Like they're they so, have nowhere else to go. No, they had one set, bro. That's it. I, I, I know, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's like it's, they're so con- confined to this one space, and it's, it's so stereotypically Italian. Like this is just like this is not the Godfather as it comes to the uh, the mob having layers of character. These guys are just your typical like goons. Yeah, spaghetti slurping goombas that just want to sure. blow away the competition. And I, I wrote down here, it's definitely again about the Italian mob. It's definitely a product of its time and how. If you're going to have the the mob in the movie, they're going to be your Sicilian, slick, black, oily, olive skin, you know, caricatures. For sure. And um, and here it is. <laughs> so one thing, a note I wrote about this Lieutenant Mace Ryan guy, I, who I, again, I love watching him. He's so fun. He's, He's such, just, Powers Booth is such a great actor who isn't well known enough, unfortunately. He's very, very criminally underrated. 100%. Um, for sure. But, uh. So, you know, Tao. Tao's the, the main, the main, main bad guy who we meet in the very beginning of the, the Bo Staff fight and everything. So Tao, so no less than three times does Mace Ryan reference that he's been after Tao for 10 years. For sure. Yep. <laughs> he keeps... For 10 years! He keeps beating us over God, the head. man. We get it, bro. Yeah. It's been a long angry. ride. Yeah, dude, <laughs> you have, you've done nothing in 10 years. I get it. He's just having this existential cop crisis. During oh. the whole thing too, like he's very much like hard boiled, but underneath he's he's just having this turmoil of what does my life mean? And it's it's, I get it's it. interesting. Ten, ten that years there's without layers to this hard boiled grizzled character in a very much a schlocky action movie. Yeah, um, and I wouldn't say that he's uh, Mace Ryan's. I don't think Mace Ryan's character is not seen before. I'm gonna say like I've seen like the the scruntled grizzled cop stereotype. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. But he's a little bit more saltier. He's a little bit more grounded, because, like I said, he's got ten years of no results. He's pissed off. He's angry. <laughs> he's fucking furious. Yeah. And but he gets his little. He gets this break because this kid Jake has this connection, because he knows who Serrano and Serrano he knows is working with. Tal a means to an end to get Tal. So right. so he uses Jake. Hundred um, percent. Which is what everybody in this movie is doing. And Jake has a good reason for being continuously pissed off at these people. Because they're all just using him. Um, one thing about Mace Ryan that I wanted to touch on, which I like. They, they, 
the movie is well done to the point where they do some really interesting stuff that you have to pay attention to. Like the whole time Mace Ryan, the, the cops are holed up in a bowling alley for some reason. They're not a police precinct. Yeah, I noticed that. And so the whole time, I guess because it, it's, you know, safe and secure and they're trying to fly under the radar. But the whole time he's like bowling and there's this one pin. So throughout the whole movie, every time you see him complaining about something, he's trying to throw the ball and hit this pin. And he can't do it. And it's obviously a metaphor for, you know, his entire life. Tau is pin. Right. Or is pin. <laughs> he just can't hit that pin with the ball no matter how many times. And they never, like, really talk about it. But it's always happening. And I just thought that was really great. I, always, I also like the, uh, you, could def- you know, back to the whole product of its time kind of analogy, how, you know, how the mob is presented, how the martial arts are kind of presented. Because they're not, like, a big staple Eastern American markets like they were in the 80s and 90s, it's, it seems. But how everyone is smoking all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. It's everybody. Just, everyone's lighting up and taking a drag, and everything's all smoky in the background. Let's, let's and... go shoot some people, kick some people, and have another smoke. Yep, and for sure. <laughs> I mean, people are smoking indoors. It's like that's, but like the eighties, in the in early nineties, you could do that for sure. People yeah. forget you used to be able to smoke on planes. On planes, you could smoke in the hospitals. Oh yeah, for sure. Jake Lowe's uh, his. He gets he gets some good snappy one liners in. Yeah, I like he sure does. How do we get off this ride? It's like, or how uh, to get off the department Christmas list. Right. You know, he's, he's just like super pissed about all this. Yeah. And you mentioned the uh, the uh, uh, action set pieces strung between the exposition um, um, bits of dialogue. And we get the martial arts for sure. But then we have that showdown when Jake gets, um, not Jake, but um, oh, no, it is Jake. Jake is, is the, in quotes, tied up. He's a prisoner. And yeah, he's the bait. The bad FBI guy takes him to Serrano's place. And and one of the goons takes the coat rack down and it's actually a machine gun. Mm-hmm. Just a double barreled like fifty cal. It just breaks shit. down and like starts mowing down across the windows oh, out to the. So great. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> well, they've they've got Jake there basically because they're they're trying to use him as bait to get Serrano. And Jake's like, "Fine, I'll do it." Because then I get to leave after this. Sam, hey, you're worried for Sam, man. All right, now. Clear signal. It's nice doing business with you. We hear that? Right. We're in. After this, you get me squared with the locals and I go home, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a deal. I get when and where on the shipment from Tao, and you get a free ticket back to bikinis and palm trees. Oh, guy, Quailo. What did you say? You knew Motanye Fanya. Yeah. He says he thinks he's in love with you. You get in line. Uh, and they're, they're like the FBI and the and the and Mace Ryan. There's got a thousand cops outside, and they're all like, "Don't worry, we're gonna keep you safe." But of course, yeah, like you said, all that shit just goes wild, mm-hmm. uh, and people start shooting guns everywhere. And Jake is like trying to fight his way out of this situation with all this shit happening around him in a very again human sort of way, right? Like right. at one point where he where he he's in the middle of fighting people, he like stops and takes a real deep breath. Remember that? Like he's yeah. just like. Okay, and he like resets and then just beats the shit out of like four people right away. And you're just like, wow. Like, not only did he like have to stop and like be a human being for a minute, but mm-hmm. then like he just went off and murdered those guys. <laughs> and it's great. And then he has that fight scene with the, the second in command, Big Goomba, uh, underneath the bar, which is interesting. He does. Oh, yeah, like the really big guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he fights him and gets thrown around the bar and whatever. Yeah. And 
he uh, he gets ends humbled up, a little bit, a little bit, but he ends up like diving <clears throat> and taking out like the second floor and dropping it on the guy. And the best part of that scene is when you watch it, you realize there's it never came anywhere near him. No, <laughs> like he would have just been fine, right? You know, but they're just gonna play it off like, oh, they, it dropped and crushed him. We got it. There, it now. There's a, a good bit of dialogue that gets repeated. It, re, it gets recycled effectively. How the FBI agent first gets told by Serrano, when a man doesn't want some money, he wants something else. Sweating like a pig, Sweat, Tony. Sweating like a pig, but then all he wants to do is get out alive. And then what does Jake do? Says the exact same shit. Yep, and. He, he has mercy. He shows mercy on Serrano, lets him live. Well, after shattering his nose into his face with oh. an elbow and knocking him unconscious. But it doesn't remove his life. That's sure. true, for sure. Um, that comes later. <laughs> also, in the middle of that action scene, uh, a lady cop gets shot, which is one of the first times I remember that happening. She was like the oh, only yeah. one that you visually see get shot. And then a SWAT van comes rolling in <laughs> to like protect them, and those guys with the fucking fifty cal inside the building just blow that to smithereens in the yes. middle of the street. It's just like wild shit is happening all over the scene. The stunts are great, you know. The that, explosions are good. That scene, that scene, picks up steam very quickly. It's interesting when you watch this and realize that originally they wanted, well, Brandon wanted John Woo to direct it. Yeah, and you can see that as the stu- as the stunts go forward, you know. It'd be kind of funny seeing them fight each other in the machine gun coat rack going off, and then the pigeons flying. I was just gonna say, yeah, slow the, motion the doves in the background. <laughs> or doves, yeah, pigeons. Low, the low budget dubs. Exactly. It probably would have been in this movie. <laughs> this time is, age, you yeah, know, time period. Right? And it could have been enough to have it it, it would have that's not that it's okay, but it would have made a logical sense if the love interest was just someone's sister or someone other who's not really involved in the plot. Sure, sure. But, but instead just, she's a cop, tough cop too. And she, yeah, she when she first meets Jake, she has a gun to him. Right. And then right, she right, kind right. of he kind of Takes her out a little bit, and then she punches him later for it. This is Serrano's restaurant. He usually sits here. Every afternoon, 2.30, pours himself a sweet vermouth and watches the soaps. You really know this guy? Well, I know all about you, too. I know about Beijing, about Tiananmen Square. I also know that you were 30 days late paying your last visa bill and you got a B minus in biology. Yeah, so I got screwed on the midterm. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry about before. You know, there was a lot happening. It's okay. Forget it. Now pay attention, here's a plan for tomorrow. This is the fire exit. When the tear gas goes off, you get out through this door. Sharpshooters across the street will cover you. Then duck out behind this back alley. I could get killed in there tomorrow, couldn't I? You've got to trust Ryan. Like, he would not send a civilian in there if he thought he couldn't control it. Army intelligence told my dad the same thing. He came home in a box. You know, I never even knew why we were over there. They've been promising to show me his military file for two years. I haven't seen shit. That's the way these guys are. So don't talk to me about trusting Ryan. Sounds like you hate him because he reminds you of your father. You don't know anything about my father, okay? My father never got anyone else killed. But I liked her because 
she's you know she's trying to make it in the man's world right and and she she resists her attraction to Jake because she wants to do well she wants to do well by her mentor she wants to do well by her job and her per- personal need to to be the best cop she can be yeah she's not just and immediately DTF you know no very no. she's very much like just trying to be the cop and she wants to do the right thing and uh, so I really appreciated her character because. She was smart. Mm-hmm. And she was and she was tough, and she never really had that. Uh, not till later when her and and Mace both get both get captured. She never really had like the whole "I'm a damsel, I need to get rescued" right. vibe. Um, and when that does happen, it's she's on equal footing with Mace Ryan. Yeah, yeah. So and then she's the one because her connections in the government or whatever her ex- expositional throwaway line was, mm-hmm. how she explained how she got Jake's dad's file. Um, which is what he'd wanted the whole time. And it turns out his dad's just a normal guy who was caught up in a bad thing at a bad time. Yeah, he just and got killed for it. Bad timing. Yeah. And uh, I just thought it was kind of weird. I think I wrote in my notes. Like, she really went out of her way, though, I feel. Um, you know, like, she called him those favors for this guy she barely knows. Right, right, right. And I was like, okay. like, Well, that, that part I had a hard time buying. For sure. For sure. But then right away they bang, so I guess it makes sense. <laughs> Speaking of they bang, I would, I I love, I love because it's so cheesy. I love the, the it's the cheesiest. It is the cheesiest love scene. Oh lord! But it, it gets it better. It's not just the cheesy love scene. It's a cheesy love scene intercut with the drug, the the shipments being funneled in from the laundromat and all these things and and Powers Booth's character trying to like, un, you know, uncrack or crack open the, the case. Get and... Tao, because in the meantime, they killed Serrano in jail. Tao did. Had, yes. Had, had Serrano killed by Al Long, the famous uh, oh, yeah. Asian character actor uh, from the 80s, 90s, uh, well-known for being the guy in Die Hard who eats the candy bar. Uh, he was also in Lethal Weapon. Sure was. He's he just, was in Bill and Ted. He's everywhere. He was, oh, he was, looked no further than great 80s. For, that's right, Henchmen. for Al Long. So Serrano's dead. They're still trying to get Tao. They figure out he's bringing all these drugs in through a laundromat. And who better to look like an Asian guy than than Jake Lowe? I mean, good lord. I well, I, I got to say, like you know, back to the, the lovemaking scene between Jake and and, uh, and Carla. Like, there's an awful lot of nipple sucking and ab licking. For sure, you see a lot more of him naked than you do of her naked. I mean. I appreciate Brandley's physique. For sure. Do, do work. Didn't need work to see in. it for three minutes. I did not see that. And she was she was going to town on his nipples. Yeah. I, yeah. I, He's got a great ass, but I don't need to see it. You know, bold choice, movie guy. For sure. Bold, for bold sure. choice, but uh, we could have done without that, I feel. For sure. Great song, too. <laughs> song Can't so Find My Way. Yes. So bad. <laughs> so bad. So bad. But I love that Mace Ryan shows up immediately after they're done fucking. Like, the room still smells like sex, and he's knocking on the door. And they like go out and have this whole scene where he's like, "Oh, my meaning of my life is over." And that Jake kid, you know, he did such a great job. And, and he has to over, he gets to overhear the 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 fatherly needs that that Powers Booth has. And Jake's like, "I kind of miss having a dad around." Yeah, so there's a exactly. little unspoken connection. Yeah, it was a sweet tender moment. And then it we sure was. then we jump right back to uh, that bowling. And then the bowling uh, set piece where Powers Booth just kind of sits. He says, fuck it, and he pulls out his weapon and blows the pin away. Been trying to hit that pin with a ball the whole time and realized all he had to do was pull out his gun and shoot it. <laughs> I, I don't know what the symbolism for that means or is, but, uh, um, yeah, so we had, but we had this nice father-figure connection, and right before Jake Lowe goes into the laundromat to under, under, under the guise as a worker, 
there's this he he and Powers Booth have this moment. He and Mace Ryan have this moment where they're like, "Yeah, I uh, so look, I wanted to tell you." Uh, uh, and he's like, "I it's cool." I was like, "Good, I don't want to say it anyway." Yeah, I love you, kid. I know. You know, basically, these that's what was unsaid in that scene. A very very man moment. And you know, in 19- and they're smoking. And they're sm- <laughs> and they are smoking. Uh, but 1992 and well, really the 80s, because again, this is totally a product of the 80s. It was just still a time where men had to be men that's right no sensitivity and it's like in that so the, the the humorous gag was like oh man he almost showed his soft spot oh right, glad right, we right. didn't show that right you know? exactly it's funny how how the evolution of of your alpha male has changed in right. the last 30 mm-hmm. years of mm-hmm. cinema and how it's more accepting accepting now to have a guy who's willing to like open up and give us the dude a hug being hey man i care about you right you couldn't do that back then nope it wasn't allowed Nope, you had you know, to smoke and have you had to smoke and you had unspoken to look at, words and look at titties. That's and, right, and kick guys in the face. That's exactly that's what, right. That's what you had to do. That's right. So, and then we get a, the laundry thing scene happens, and that scene's kind of kind of jumbled together. It you is know. interesting. They they're like hiding the drugs in the pipes and tubes in the laundromat. It doesn't really make a whole lot of fucking sense. There's a lot of drugs there though. All of a sudden, Jake does find all the drugs, but meanwhile. Carla and Mace get captured by Tao and his goons. Yes. So they're up, like, in this room getting interrogated. Uh, and Jake, right before they're about to get killed, comes flying through the window on a laundry bag. It's so badass. Very much Jackie Chan scene. Just, like, shatters the window and gets the goon and fucking everybody gets out of the way. I think, I think Mace Ryan, he's still tied up to the chair and he Correct. barrels into this one dude or something. Through the window. Through another window. Yeah. Yeah, all the glasses breaking in that scene. <laughs> Just like fucking spear tackles a guy through the window with a chair and then shatters it against a wall to get it off himself. And and so our our, our hero Jake Lowe has to go have a final showdown with Tala. But before he's got he's got to run into Al Long. But but one thing we forgot about right before that there's a scene where Power Bo- Powers Booth does the dumbest possible thing I've ever seen in an action movie where he has no gun yeah. and there's a guy with a gun and instead of like getting out of the way or finding something to hide behind he just grabs a laundry cart. And just starts running at him with the laundry cart. And the guy, of course, is like, those shirts aren't bulletproof. And shoots him, like, five times in the fucking stomach as he's just charging him with a laundry cart. I Maybe maybe in the pocket of that moment that his character's like, this is going to work. <laughs> I guess so. I was out of options. I had to hit him with a laundry cart. I thought the shirts would protect you know, him. I don't, I don't know. Fortune favors the bold. I guess so. <laughs> but he also got shot. So. Yeah, like five, t- like five fucking times he in got, the gut, too. He got blown away pretty substantially. Sure did, but he's alive. He's okay. But then, yeah, so Jake's got to fight Al Long. And then this scene is fantastic with the Jeet Kune Do and Wing Chun. There is... Trapping and great hand-on-hand fighting action. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another callback to Jackie Chan where he fights a, a guy right before that with a uh, with a laundry rack. I don't know how else to explain it. Like uh-huh. a rack you would hang coats on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Hits that guy with it and he's using the props in the room. Another callback to Jackie Chan. Uh, that Al Long fight scene is so quality. Those guys are fighting. And it is not filmed the way that you would film it in the 2000s in yeah, the it's, movies. it's filmed in long shots you can see all all the hits you can see everything happening it's not super quick cut blur nope confusion um, those guys are going at it and it's Brandon Al, and it's Al Long there's Al no Al Long funny enough uh, his character dies as he has to being the yeah, bad guy sure. yeah. said that was, that was his favorite on screen death that's what he says and that's he catches a he catches a knife right in the gut and does this beautiful like 360 spin and falls right on his this artistic swan dive onto his back. It's <laughs> very 
Beautiful move. Oh yeah, uh, I I I totally enjoyed. It. I would like watching that fight scene, and then I liked watching that opening scene, uh, not opening scene, the scene in the that gets that museum party yeah, thing. Yeah, uh, really probably my two favorite parts of the film as far as the fight scenes. But then again, a call back to the beginning of the film. We have of course a bow staff. Yeah, he ca- he corners Tao, and they fight on subway tracks with metal bow staffs, which is fun. It's. Of and course. looks extremely dangerous. And the, whoever is the Foley artist did a great job because the sound of those things clunking together was just like, wow. Right. And again, another scene where I don't think those were actually metal, but it wasn't sped up. It wasn't like had frames cut. Those guys were going full speed with sticks at each other. And that's 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 a dangerous extremely feat. For sure. Because they weren't, yeah, we we're playing with rubber. Unless, I mean, the Foley artist, like you say, could have really sold you on I the whole. I think they were probably wood. Uh, pa- painted to look like metal, but at the mm-hmm. end of the day, you're still going full speed at each other with fucking wooden sticks. And that shit hurts. Yeah, it sure does. I mean, just not even like getting hit in the hand, which happens all the time. You right. get your hand smashed against it, but just the reverberations that happen, the yeah. reverberations, I'm sorry, that happen when wood smashes against wood at a high rate of speed, like just, it's even hard to hold onto the stick. And those guys are just going at it. Does does Brandon Lee do his own stunts? Or 100%, he? yeah, he, he did? did, for sure. Yep, that's him doing all of those martial arts that you see. He didn't do all of those stunts. I don't think that was him on the bike earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Jeff Amato might have doubled him. I don't know who his double was in the movie. That'd be worth looking up, actually. It might have been Jeff, to be honest. Were they the same? They same were like the same height, and Jeff was actually more Asian, but he had the same like dark hair. Yeah, the same okay. like, complexion. The movie kind of d- pulls a double take on you because you think, because they, they set up the whole shocking the the rails and the track that are electrified. Don't touch that third rail, kids. Don't touch them. So homeboy gets he gets both. He's Tao's holding both staffs and gets, you know, I'm like, oh, this is how he goes out, but no. No. That's not enough. No, not only is he getting electrocuted, but he gets fucking smashed by a subway train going 100 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and his his carcass flies. Oh, for sure. It's so graphic. It, I love it, it. sure <laughs> is. It sure is. Um, but he's dead, and that's the justice that you needed. That's all. Hey. I needed Tao to die. Uh, Jake, fireman carries Ryan... Out of the, you know, he's still bleeding, still... He, he, yeah, they, they burn, the factory's burning, because Tao and his goons lit it on fire to destroy the evidence, I guess. So he's trying to, like, he's he's carrying out of him out of there in this... He went back for him, actually. Mm-hmm. So he's carrying him out of this building's burning down around him, and it's very much like a, a a touching moment of him, like, risking his life to go back and rescue Mace. I was, I was wrestling with this question, like, should Ryan have died? Probably. But that would have been too on the news, I think, because his other dad died, so he needed this dad to live. So, I mean, the reason why I asked that question is because you have a dad or a father figure who finally, he, his arc is complete mm-hmm. in a way of like what he gets the bad guy, but also he is able to come full circle with Jake and his feelings for how, how, how this, these paternal feelings he feels for Jake. And they have that tender moment, again, with the unspoken words. Mm-hmm. So that there's there's resolution there, and then also though, Jake finally has an, an understanding with the father figure, right? And there's some sort of like fulfillment there. I mean, I don't, cause I don't know if not that I want Ryan to die. I'm not asking, advocating for his death, but like, Ryan's gonna heal up. He's gonna retire probably because he's he's vindicated. He's yeah. He finally got tell. Ten years later, he he, he finally won. So he's going to retire, go off into the sunset, and Jake's going to go back to L.A. anyway, probably. I mean, like... They do ride out of there with holding hands, him and Carla in the ambulance. <clears throat> and there's yeah. what's, I forget what the, the line is at the end of the movie. Something about, like, 
are you going my way? And he's like, yeah, all the way or some shit. I don't know. Some really cheesy <laughs> 90s line or something. There's some pretty, pretty cheesy dialogue. But, yeah. But there's some pretty good ones. Um, There's some good lines here. Like the right after the, the shootout action scene at the restaurant when Jake was bait, there's a – Carl was kind of defending Mace Ryan. He's like, he's like, he's like the best cop I know. He's like, you should – Get out more or something. I thought right. that was a pretty funny line. Jake gets great lines. I wasn't expecting that. It wasn't a, like, like a humongous line, but it was just a funnier line that I wasn't. I didn't see coming, so it took me by surprise. And I really appreciated it. And I think you know, also being a product of its time, of course, besides the smoking and the mobsters and the the breasts and all that '80s, you know, manliness, Tiananmen Square, from a historical context, was still at the time of its release was still pretty fresh mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. in the public consciousness and it was sort of brave to go there it was brave but i feel like it was kind of propped a little bit <laughs> and I, I think they needed they needed something some some catalyst to jake's father yeah yeah perishing yeah, for sure. and dying yeah well what do we have well Tiananmen Tiananmen square, square right, chinese know. people that's where their things are happening right and and uh of course, so Brandon's already he's already half Asian, so to have him have an Asian father makes you know, in real life he did have an Asian father, but to have one in the film, they can sell it. It's yep. easy. Everyone knows who Brandon Lee's dad was. But, you know, so we'll you know, we round out, yes, like you said, we uh close out on the ambulance, the overhead crane shot as the mm-hmm. ambulance speeds away and of course another cheesy song plays. Another cheesy song plays. I gotta pull up a soundtrack that's so good. Uh, <laughs> so it's so, so. I've been great. hearing the song "Can't Find My Way" just playing in my head since I watched the uh, <clears throat> the sex scene. I just can't get it out of my head. Oh yeah, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> so let's talk about some of the finer finer points. Let's see what see your uh, um, see your advantage on, on a few things. Like what what as far as production, you know, I know you're really heavy on the martial arts side of things, uh, being a very heavy martial arts film. What is what are some of the production values that just broke out of the pack that stood out that made this movie what it is. I, I mean, I really you. think that what made this movie what it is is Brandon himself. You know, not a lot of people, well, virtually no one was doing that style of martial arts at the time. Um, you know, this was pre-MMA, pre-jujitsu and ground fighting where martial arts sort of blossomed and bloomed, but Bruce predicted that uh, with his book, The Tao of Jeet Kune Do, years and years before. So there is a lot of stuff in this movie. You see some joint locks. You see some uh, great kung fu. You see some uh, really interesting action pieces, like you said, like him diving under a table and kicking it straight up at a guy or or uh, a guy's holding his leg from a kick, so he jumps off and kicks him with the other leg. You know, mm-hmm. just some really interesting technical martial arts things that you didn't, you weren't seeing up to this point. Uh, and I think that's, for me, the most effective part of all of those action scenes is just watching Brandon do what he does uh, and the stunt coordination of Jeff Amata and how he went on to do, you know, everything. Um, if Do you think there's a market now for, for a rapid fire today? Oh, my gosh. Is this a movie that they could do again uh, with, a, with a, one of the great martial arts actors that exist now? Because martial arts movies are having a huge resurgence over the past few years with The Raid and... Um, God, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head, Ong but Bok. there, uh, Ong Bak, yeah, and, and yeah. all the things that have come out uh, recently here in the last ten years or so. There's great martial arts and martial arts movies out there. Not only Tony Jaa, but um, oh, what's the gentleman um, whose name I can't remember right now? Donnie uh, Donnie Yen. There you go. 
uh, Donnie Yen and all the great movies he's doing. Um, I know that name. What's he from? What was he? In? Uh, all kinds of Asian movies that you would have to look up. Uh, <laughs> Naturally, uh, Ip Man is what you've. Oh, seen. oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, another great martial arts movie, which is yeah. about the guy who taught uh, Bruce Lee. True, so the same story. connection to those martial arts, which that movie you see some of the same stuff that you see in this movie. Um, so it's fun to see that come back into the forefront thirty years later and see that same uh, sort of move set and action based on speed and broken rhythm and and. Uh, hard-hitting techniques uh be making a comeback now and having seen it you know 30 years ago with brandon 30 years before that with bruce and see that whole lineage of that kind of still existing 30 years later is is good i think you know the problem with with um how martial arts films are kind of viewed is in the american culture um there's definitely a, a, a sect of american culture that understands and respects the that lineage you know, not so much Brandon Lee and Bruce Lee, but just like the Jet Lees and Jackie Chan's, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and their influence from Hong Kong and China, um, and just Asian theater specifically. <clears throat> For sure. But in America, like a lot of kids, a lot of people I, I have talked to you about, you know, what's your favorite martial arts movies and what do we have? We have either the Karate Kid series or we have video game series, you know, and Karate Kid at, in its time, and even the remake, there uh, the first Karate Kid is really well done. It's a classic. Yeah, for sure. But I even enjoyed its sequels. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you have the Street Fighters. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. And they're just... Trash. Yeah. And it's, again, if you think about it, not the kind of martial arts that was on display in this movie, which is visceral and fast and hard-hitting and fun to watch. Uh, and those movies that we just mentioned weren't as much fun to watch that's my point it's like it's like this visual representation of this because i think martial arts is an art form for sure and you know it's very disciplined it's it's very hard to be very well versed in it and um i think mechanics of putting it on screen it's it takes a lot of skill a lot of patience um it's a unique thing to film correctly yeah it's it's in a way it's a dance um sure especially talk about choreographed scenes um, you know, and you're you're moving around people, and you're moving around objects and sets, and you have to. This all has to service the story, though. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily service the overall plot, but like, you know, why is this guy fighting these three, four, or five bad guys to get to over here? Because over here is his objective, right? Or the person, or you know, these these people that he has to fight. Um, aren't there for no for not for any reason? They're there for a reason, and is it, is it just to entertain us? Then maybe, so be it. I think that some people see that as just a one punctuated fight scene after another, which is what this, this is the critique that Ebert had with this film was it was just you know a fight scene, some dialogue, some fight scene, a dialogue, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, yeah, yeah, kind of rinse and repeat. Yeah, and so I think a lot of people approach. This this genre is kind of like well, yeah, it looks cool, but why do I care? And you know, I think rapid fire, if it were made today, or any even just the, this vein of film where it is a bunch of action pieces of, of of fight scenes, you know, I think it would have a hard harder time fighting against that current of the American um, sensibilities when it comes to martial arts films as just being either, you know. Asian only kind of driven, or it's okay. What did I play this game as a kid? Street Fighter Two, right, right. 
in a, a, I don't know if it has a, if it could come back, if it even wants to come back and be this dominating box office force. Yeah, I, I think it would be tough. Could. Yeah, I agree. I mean, really, for folks who haven't seen this movie, the draw is Brandon Lee, and he is a charming, charismatic, talented actor whose life was cut short. Um, and this Absolutely. is one of the, the few chances to, to see his talents on full display, and they really are. This, this, watching this movie makes you realize that that kid would have gone to a lot of, lot of places. That kid was about to blow up. You know, The Crow was a huge hit for him. They had him signed up for so many different movies. Um, they were actually had him signed up to do a sequel to Rapid Fire, uh, which would have been based on the script that eventually became Die Hard with a Vengeance, which is interesting. It's called Simon Says. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this movie is about Brandon, and it's only successful, I think, because of Brandon A and then B, because I, I think the Powers Booth and chewing up all his scenes and having a true character arc uh, makes the exposition scenes worth watching. Uh, I think this film is highly entertaining more than anything else. Uh, it's a blast to watch. I... You know, I, I haven't watched this since I was a kid, and I, I rewatched it uh, recently, so we could we could have our discussion. Working past the cliches, the stereotypes, the the, the certain beats a film of this caliber had to hit, because of just how it was, with the time frame in which it was crafted. Looking past all that stuff that seems seems almost kind of taxing now and kind of played out, you can still see the entertainment value behind it. Um, and that comes from Brandon Lee's charisma, Power Power Booth's charisma, uh, Al Al Long's charisma. Sure, sure, Just, sure. I've seen a lot of martial arts films. I haven't seen a lot of martial arts films recently, but in my tenure of film watching, I've seen lots. And this is definitely not one that's like, oh, this is just also like this one film. It's right. very unique. It kind of sits apart from itself, from others in its in its own way. I think I think you're right. If Brandon Lee has survived filming this, The Crow. He would have definitely carved his own niche and not have done what he was afraid he was going to happen, live in his dad's shadow. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I think so. And um, The Crow, what a great movie. That's I almost picked that instead of uh, Rapid Fire. What What are some things about the, about Rapid Fire that if, <clears throat> if you had to tweak, change, edit, add, or expand on, what would you, uh, if, if, if any? Hmm. Uh, I probably would have given more of a reason to care about Jake's like quest to get his dad's records. Because that only sort of comes up later on in the film, and sort of sort of seemed an excuse to give Carla something to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably would have either eliminated that subplot or expanded on it. I probably would have just eliminated it. I don't think they really needed that as motivation. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I I would agree with you. Um, it could go either way, but I think it, it would have been a stronger, it would have been a stronger thread had they introduced it in the beginning, mm-hmm. or somewhere earlier. And not so much to give Carlos something to do, but to reinforce Jake's motivation. One, to step aside from the fight, but also it also drive home the point further with his connection to Powers Booth. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And it's kind, of, it's, it's kind of just kind of dusted over real quick. It's not really deep, do, deep dive. It's, we're not really thrusted into it. Really, I think I could have gone for one more fight scene somewhere. For sure. I mean, I, I would never get tired of watching what Brandon does in this movie. Which is all seems very plausible, you know. That's my I think my favorite part about these fight scenes is you watch him do what he's doing, and it's clear it's him doing it. They mm-hmm. film it in such a way that you see very clearly that it's Brandon, uh, which right. is another huge selling point of this. Uh, and he's just really fucking good. He's really good, and it he makes is. the fight scenes a lot of fun to watch. And there's some unique, interesting stuff in there that we hadn't seen up to that point in martial arts movies. 
you know, at the time, if you think about it, that was, you know, the Van Damme era and uh, mm. Chuck Norris, Steven Seagal, you know, all those guys. And you weren't seeing them do what, what Brandon was doing in this movie. It was a breath of fresh air at the time. You know, speaking of Steven Seagal, um, he's another guy that works in his, worked in the space he's in and, you know, and can utilize the props in the sets around him to kind of tie into his advantage. But there's something about that one scene, I, I love it so much, a scene where he's fighting the two FBI agents. Mm-hmm. It's so great. It seems really organically put together. It's You can really you're, you can really buy that not only is he taken aback by them turning on him and being the bad guys, but also they're stymied and taken aback by like this guy's, oh, he's just not going to lay down. He's right. going <laughs> to... Right. He's whooping the shit out of us. Yeah. Oh, shit. That kid just broke my nose. Right. Yeah. We both have guns. What the fuck is going on? Right. Like, it's, it's, Why it's are their, we terrible? Yeah. Their exasperation in that scene and his terrified reactions to stuff. Like, at one point, he, like, I think he, like, throws something at a dude and screams. And the guy, like, instinctively covers himself. And he, like, then he kicks him in the junk or something. I don't remember. <laughs> but it's very much, it's like, during all of the fight scenes, you're not sure if he's going to come out on top. You're right. You're, you're not. And so it gives him some sort of a grounded approach, or we have a grounded approach to him because he's he's not perfect. Yeah, he gets hurt in every scene. Yeah, he gets the crap kicked out of him pretty substantially towards the latter half of the film. Yeah, and he's got he's looking at his wounds, but yeah. he, he comes back and he, <clears throat> he he goes to town. Come for the fight scenes. That's why you come for this. Yes, to watch Brandon do Jikundo, which uh, is on full display. Do you have uh, anything you like to actually want to throw in? About the rapid fire. Just you know that it's that there there was a preponderance of martial arts films in the '80s and '90s. Uh, I've seen them all, uh, and this is in my top five. Uh, it's it's I love Brandon Lee. Uh, I've seen everything he's ever done. Loved him as a as a younger actor. I still love The Crow. It might be my favorite movie of all time. Maybe don't hate me for that. It's no. <clears throat> um, all subjective. Yeah, uh, but no, that you you come to see Brandon. Uh, do what he does and celebrate a life cut short that's you know it's a good reason to watch this movie i think it's great love it to death watch it over and over it's great on blu-ray well said let's talk ratings here sure um so you know this is uh this is definitely the most subjective part of the show it's you know every film hits people differently what is what is what is jack's final word on rapid fire i mean i give it a buy it uh it's an a for me yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that this is a, a movie worth owning if you like action movies, if you like cop movies, if you like really anything in the action genre. There's something there for you. Fair enough. I'm gonna I'm gonna go down a notch. I'm gonna give it a Scream City, uh, a B. It's I don't hate this movie. I'm not uh, I'm not as as wired into it and dialed into it as you are. But you also have a better appreciation of these films than I do. So. Just calling it what it is. Well, it's nice to see then that the person who isn't, the, you know, as maybe as well versed on it, still likes it and would stream it and recommends it to people. So I, I would. I would recommend this to anybody. This is a, it's it's nice, comfortable, chewy film, for sure. I enjoy it very much. Um, and another nice thing about this too is it's very typical of the '80s and '90s, which is we could make movies that were 90 minutes back in the day. People, you can get in and get out in 90 minutes. I swear to God, it's a thing. 30 minutes per act. Yep. You don't need to have a two-hour movie. Get, get to the point. <clears throat> we're in, we're out. People getting their asses kicked, saw some titties. It's great. What else do you want? <clears throat> well, <laughs> how, well, how do you follow that up? <laughs> All right, Jack. Hey, man. Thanks for stopping by. For sure. Chatting rapid fire with us. It's, you know, again, folks, you 
check it out. It's, if nothing else, for the legacy of Brandon Lee and his untimely removal from this earth is a, a, a sin not soon forgotten. Um, rapid Fire, check it out. This has been Blood, Sweat, and Popcorn. I'm John. Thanks for stopping by, guys. Well, there you have it, folks. Thanks for sticking around with us. I'd like to thank Jack for his amazing insight. Next time, Jack and I round kick away from martial arts action to a completely different genre, the horror comedy. Which one will that be? Stay tuned and find out. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Blood, Sweat, and Popcorn on Spotify or wherever you hear podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And let us know what you think of the show. How, how are we doing? You tell us. Thanks again for stopping by, everyone. Until next time, take care, guys.